feel it. Do you feel that electricity, Travis? I don't, I don't know what I don't know what's in me right now, but there's some. You know that song? That on-air light is flashing. That on-air like, light ooh. is flashing. You know that song at the beginning of Pippin? The, ooh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know anything about Pippin. We got magic to do. Do leap do. That's us right now. We got magic to do. We got we got uh, some smiles to shine. We got some entertainment to 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 fleece. Uh, how you doing? I'm sleepy. You're sleepy. <laughs> Why are you sleepy? Uh, I was up late. For no good reason, and then I didn't sleep well when I went to bed, and then, like every morning, Truco wakes me up at seven to go out for a walk. There he and, is. Uh, had to get up. You know, a dog is like a. It's a like a. It's a lot like a baby in some ways. He lets you know. You know, at first he would just sleep in until we went out to wake him up, but now oh. that's changed. He's, uh, <laughs> he's comfortable he, now. Yeah, he uh, he's the boss, I guess, and and we just do whatever he wants. I, I can see him. I can see him behind you there. That's uh, he really likes it there, huh? Oh, that I mean, he sleeps on the couch now. That's his bed. That's one of his he, spots. Uh, we had to buy him stairs so he could get up to the couch easily. Well, now you're enabling him. Well, sure, but can't we bought him, we bought him stairs and he comes on the couch. <clears throat> Don't know why. We bought him three beds and he didn't like any of them. So we had really no choice at this point. We just had to like deal with whatever he wanted to sleep mm-hmm. on because he didn't. He there was something about our bedroom that like freaked him out. If the lights were off, he would like not want to come in. Aww. And I would pick him up and I would put him down on the bed that we bought him, the very comfortable fleece bed. And he would like immediately jump off as if it was going to eat him. Oh, poor buddy. And so he just went back out and would jump onto the couch. But he has tendonitis in his front two paws oh no and uh and so we didn't want him jumping off the couch like just directly onto the ground because we were worried that was going to make it worse so we had to buy we had to buy foam steps so that yeah. he would uh and i know the, t- the kind we we we've i've entertained getting them for for my last dog pika had a uh, uh arthritis in her old age and so mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to get little steps for her but my mom didn't want her on the furniture didn't stop her mm-hmm. from hopping up but mm-hmm. dog's gonna do what a dog's gonna do exactly yeah i mean if we're not here he'll get up you know it, it, like the rules are meaningless if we're uh, if we're not around so uh i'm just like squeaking in my chair so i'm so i've been listening to old podcasts and i'm hyper aware of all the noises i make now and so i feel oh, yeah. bad that i'm like squeaking and that my window's open <laughs> That's uh, that's good. I don't have to. I don't have to make uh, recommendations then. Yeah, you don't have to, I you don't have to, to old tell me. I already too. know. Yeah, I'm I'm aware as well of aye. these things. Ay ay ay. Wait. So why why were you? I I still don't understand why you were up so late last night. Why didn't you sleep? Oh, late? well, there was a PSN sale, and I bought the Persona Five dancing game. Oh. And it's fine, but I the trophy the the platinum trophy has like a a twenty percent clear rate, and to me that's just like well I have to get I mean like there's no excuse not to get it, mm-hmm. so I'm just doing that. Yeah, and, is that uh, a is that a PS4 game? A PS? It's Vita? on. It's on both. Weird. I have it on PS4. Because um, uh, I I played the dancing all night on the Vita the the first one, which I guess is Persona Four. Weird. Yeah. Um. But uh. The interface to, of that one was not, I would not say, was not conducive. Like, it, I wouldn't have, I don't think it would work on a big screen. So how do you feel that interface is working? Well, it, it helps that I actually currently have a smaller TV that we're using because mm. our big TV uh, broke, or oh, no. I, I should say is defective and uh, is in for repairs because it was still under warranty. Oh, that's So uh, we, we sent it in. And we took the tiny, old, ancient, like, 32-inch TV we had in the bedroom and put it on the, the media stand in the living room. And so it's it's better because I feel like if it was huge, the notes flying all over the screen would be impossible to keep track of, basically. They go uh, to the corners, which is such a weird place to decide to put them. <laughs> on the Vita, it makes sense because they're basically going to the buttons. Like, it kind of... Yeah, sorta. I I, yeah. I felt it was weird on the Vita too, but but yeah, I can see what they were going for there. But I don't know. It, it clicks. I can I can do hard levels, and you know it's it's fine. How you um, liking that story? Well, there isn't one, so mm-hmm. I don't know what I could like. But uh, is there really no yeah. like story mode to it? 
there there's there's like social interactions with characters but the story is just like we summoned you here to dance yeah that's the story that, that's what it was like in in persona 4 golden too it was like oh yeah uh this is a bona fide sequel but it's just a dancing game so all the exclusive excuses are gonna like all the scenes are gonna be excuses to dance and all it's the social weird. stuff is is just like kind of like archetypal fan service for people who like the game, which I, you know, I, I love persona five. So it's not like I'm offended by that or anything, but if you had not played persona five, it would be pretty insufferable. I have mm. to assume because there, there's no like development or anything. It just, it just sort of like playing the hits of just, ah, oh, this is what this character's like. So when they interact with this character, Ooh, wacky, wacky things happen. And yeah, definitely. It's a prerequisite to, uh, be, to have beaten persona five to have, be, or at least be very familiar with those characters. So I don't know. It's just, it was just, some, I, again, we've, we've discussed that I'm in, I am, uh, I am enslaved by the, uh, by the trophy hunt and, uh, it breaks my, my brain. And I, I didn't mention this last time, but I should have, because this is a wrinkle to the, uh, to the equation here is that I actually keep data track of my trophy acquiring. Like oh, I, I use you a website like a called PSN. No, I use a website called PSN profiles, which tracks your, your, the, the stats of your, of your trophy uh hunting and like uh-huh. tells you how many per month you're getting and what your percentages are and what your oh, average wow. daily amount is so oh, i have wow. a monthly quota <laughs> that i try to get every month to keep my daily uh average up i don't want it to dip below 1.2 you, got, you gotta day. keep your gamer senses sharp i get you yeah exactly you know i i don't want to see those those numbers fall uh, i I'll had feel like no idea that you being. engaged in vi- with video games this way so you you play you're saying you you attempt to on average have like three achieve uh, have one achievement per day. Uh, it's more like I try to get at least forty per month. Okay, I would say. Yeah. Um, that doesn't. Mean I, that I don't I imagine it's day. that you're playing every day. I imagine it's like you get th- like seven in one day or something like that. Yeah, or I try to like squeeze in games every now and then that I know are going to be like, oh, this game is only like ten hours, so I can get everything uh-huh. in it pretty quick. And th- like that's what Persona Five Dancing is. It's a very like small game. There's not a lot to it, and so yeah. you can actually get all of them pretty quick. Um, so that's 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 sort of and and it 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 also varies. Like I I look at you can see the graph of like how many you get every month, and it does go like wildly in every direction because some months I'm just not as engaged or I'm like, or, or I'm, <laughs> or I'm like stuck in something very long. Like uh-huh. I, I platinum Neo two and it took me four months. So, and that was practically all I played in that time. That's so, wild. Um, yeah. So it, you know, it, it varies, but I do have that, uh, that illness. Uh, and, uh, I'm sure that will come up again. I'm sure. I, uh, Wait, so is uh, it last night where you just up really late playing persona five dancing? Is that what happened? I was also working and like doing other things, uh, but yeah, that was mostly it. I just was like <laughs> playing it, and then I noticed it was super late, and I was like, "Well, it's late anyway. I might as well do more." That's a sign of a good game, though, when you lose track of time, or it's just a sign of like me getting hooked on something that is just like mechanically, you know, compelling. I guess I don't know if I sure. call it a good game, but. Uh, all right, all right. Anyway, what what have you? What, you, you, you Reticent sound like you've got some... to to compliment Travis Johnson. You you, uh, you you sound like you got some pep in your step, you know? Yeah, I just did a line of cocaine. No, uh, <laughs> scooping uh, the boot. What, what's going on today? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I I well, yesterday was my anniversary with my boyfriend. So that was oh, fun. Congratulations. Uh. He's a really patient dude. I, I kind of had mood swings yesterday, and he he was just like, "All right, like, okay, I'll give you space now. Okay, now it's cuddle time. It was good." Um, but we started watching a uh, new anime. It's got me kind of excited. Are you familiar with Studio Trigger's new Netflix show? Uh, it's been out for a while in Japan, but brand new animal. I how could I not be? Everyone on my Twitter is losing their minds. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, what a so far I'm only five episodes in, but what a darling of a show. Uh I'm really enjoying it. Uh it it's it's it might confuse its metaphors down the road, but right now I am reading it with a very strong queer trans uh reading of it and it's holding up to that scrutiny. Um mm-hmm. which has me kind of excited, but hey, 
there's seven episodes to go. It might, it, it could still screw itself up. Um, I guess the whole series is out on Netflix now, but uh, it's a really cute show, and it's unlike the other stuff that Trigger has put out. So I'm, I'm kind of excited that it's not the same story of two factions that fight and then realize that one faction was protecting the other from an even worse evil, and then they team up to beat that other faction, and it turns out the real doing the thing was doing the opposite of doing the thing the whole time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the... I feel like they live in the legacy of Gurren Lagann, and they never got away from that a little it, bit. This, this feels like they got away from it a bit, um, okay. but I totally agree. And, and, and what, I'm, what I'm referencing there is, is you can see in a bunch of their properties, like, so... For those who don't know, and I may have said this on another show, maybe it was the deleted one, I don't know. Um, but uh, the guys who made Gurren Lagann, uh, Gurren Lagann was an anime, big giant robot show about uh, uh, drilling. Um, and, and of course, ultimately, uh, because the theme that these guys always like to, to work with is it's two factions that fight each other and then overcome and over like an even bigger evil and they realize that the real way to stop what they are trying to prevent is to like to lean into it all the way basically is almost always the 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 trick they go with so like in Gurren Lagann we always pierce through and drill down but the real drilling is drilling up uh <laughs> or uh in in Kill a Kill the one about clothes it's like Oh yeah, like you know, you gotta wear the clothes that you're comfortable with, and you gotta wear clothes that make clothes make you powerful. But the real wearing clothes is being completely naked. Like it's it's like a they they always the it's always like the the real strength is doing the total opposite of what we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. And the metaphors sometimes get a little mixed up because in their most recent uh, film, Promare, which is kind of a love letter to Gurren Lagann. Um, it's about firefighters and in the exact same vein, the real firefighting is letting the whole world burn. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're not relying on that formula. At least that's, that's good. Cause I, I, I will clarify Gurren Lagann, like top. Oh, great know? anime. Great anime. Just holds up. Absolutely pristine, but I don't need to see it over and over again. Yes. Yeah, lens. So this one, this one is about, uh, there's a girl, her name is, uh, 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 Michiru, I think is her name. She's uh, a human girl in this world where there are humans and there's a one city in the world where because of like global warming and like globalization and stuff, the beast men of the world have had to reveal themselves and kind of say, Hey, there are half beast, half human hybrids that exist, and humanity doesn't like them, so they all live in this one Zootopia-like city. Um, hmm. And so this girl wakes up one day, she's a human, but she wakes up one day and she's a Tanuki. She doesn't know okay. why. Uh, and so she escapes, she's trying to go to this animal city, and for whatever reason, like... All the humans are, I, I don't know if they're going to go into this, but all the humans are, like, belligerently violent to, to animal people. Um, okay. Like, if, if you're looking for gifts, that, like, to make fun of furries with, of, like, people, like, kicking animal people or, like, you know, th throwing shit at people at, like, furry characters, like, anthropomorphic characters, this is nice. your show. There is a lot of that. There is even awesome. an episode where they go to a party that that like the humans are throwing and the humans are dressed up like animals and it feels kind of like a blackface like it's really weird <laughs> um but uh anyway yeah she she has turned into this tanuki um she goes to the the city and this is not really a spoiler you find this out in the first episode um but she learns that all the beast people all the animal people in the city uh they've been beast people since birth and they can re change form. They can have like a human appearance that's kind of like they describe it like as as like wearing high heels or like it's like flexing kind of like yeah we can assume this like human form but it's more comfortable to just be like a minotaur man or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so she can't turn back, and so her condition is different. And it kind of okay. goes into uh, th the mystery is like okay, well why did this human turn into a tanuki? And why is she, what is her condition? What's going on? Why is she 
different, and she's kind of learning the ropes of, I guess, the animal city. Um, mm. But uh, it's it's really interesting. Uh, I, I like I said, I'm 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 really reading like a queer narrative into it that's that's holding up. And uh, when I finish it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I if I if I have this excitement, I would uh, try to turn it into a video project, albeit a brief one. I wouldn't devote too much time to it. Um, okay. It's just it's 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 fun. It's furry, and it's the gayest shit I've ever seen. Uh, well, sounds super super I, uh, top to of the of the watch list with, the, yeah. with that description. Hey, if so. if you if you won't, I'm sure Akumi will. Uh, if you liked B Stars, uh, I don't know if she liked it. Twenty twenty, you're it. you're the furry baby. <laughs> We're doing it. Um. She did watch all of uh, that Sanrio show. I don't remember what it's called. Oh, a- the Agretzko Oh, Agretzko? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agretzko. That's a cute one. They... That was that involved Anna. I kind of appreciated that uh, the way they kind of just sort of incorporated animal uh, features into that show. I thought that was that was cute and fun. Yeah, that was um, cute. I will say, uh, uh, I think. Agretzka is interesting to me because like people classify it as anime and that to me is like su- like the clearest example of anime is just cartoons in Japan like right it's not stylized in the way that most anime is stylized it clearly looks like it's just going for a webtoon sort of thing and oh, sure. people will still you know die by the sword to say like no that's anime when again I say this all the time to my friends at work but in Japan, The Simpsons is anime. Anime is just the word for animation. <laughs> it's it's yep. just... They're all the same. You don't have to delineate. Go to the anime section at uh, at the at the Gale, and uh, there's... Pick up a copy Disney. of South Park. <laughs> get, uh, get Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Hot new anime. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I, that show was cute, and I, I saw a couple episodes, and it was uh, it was entertaining. But then I also saw the ending of the second season, and we both did not like it. So yeah, uh, that the the first <laughs> season was great of Regretsko because it was kind of like a message of like be yourself and like you know kind of look out for yourself and and like take care of yourself and be an adult and like being an adult is is like recognizing that happily ever after doesn't mean you're in a relationship. It means you're, you're like comfortable with yourself. Um, yeah. The ending the of the second season, season is very like conform to yeah, gender like, standards. Hey, like, <laughs> like you have a place at this job, like you should have a job. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wax a little poetic. Uh, I was quitting my job at the same time as I was watching a Gretzko. So like okay. I, vi- that show really resonated with me on like just a level of just like, yeah, like, kind of fuck my job like they're taking advantage Mm -hmm. of me and like yeah i should i should kind of psych myself up and then it like trips and turns into this whole like oh actually though the stability is good and and actually it's just a misunderstanding like uh you your your boss will never really really hate you because uh your boss is a is just a person too and uh (laughs) like it just like completely backpedals into this yeah and then like her her dream bec- instead of becoming like herself it's all about like she wants to get married so she can cook and clean because those are the only thing she really cares about yeah. like that that's something they specifically spell out is that she goes to like a dating thing and she fills out her interests and her interests are cooking and cleaning yeah it's like that's not what the show established no the <laughs> show even point. early on established that she was looking at marriage as like a way to get out of working like yeah <laughs> so weird yeah, uh, yeah that's a Netflix's acquisition of Japanese stuff is is really odd to me because they do this thing that I really hate where they will, I mean, they did it with Brand New Animal. They'll just kind of hold on to a show for a season and wait for every Mm. episode to come out and then they'll release Mm. it in a bulk. So Mm. Brand New Animal is actually last season's anime, but uh, came out the same season as, as I think, Beastars, uh, maybe the season after. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was released, you know, week to week and they just made it they bought the rights made it so no one could stream it in the u.s and then for six months people knew this show existed but they couldn't watch it legally it was super weird and it's awesome that it's blowing up now it kind of gives i guess japan kind of two waves of like hey there's our little boom when we're enjoying it and then when the world gets it but uh i'm really just not a fan of that 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 uh sharding of of the experience 
I guess I feel like before Crunchyroll though that was pretty much the way it went because if you wanted to watch something in the U.S. like in a legal way, I mean before streaming it was just whenever they got around to putting it out on DVD, and uh, that would be like after the show is all done and they've done all the work to translate it and oh, yeah. possibly even dub it. And so I think for Netflix they're kind of like looking at it in the same way where it's like oh they have like the release in Japan and then we process it and wait for the right time to. To fit it in in our schedule, and, and then it'll come out. Um, yeah, before streaming services, you're totally right. Anime was consumed very piecemeal by people. It was just like what was brought over. Uh, you would hear rumors about stuff that was over there that wasn't localized, uh, and it was really you were kind of at the mercy of, of licensors. And and yeah, I think in a way you're right. They're kind of emulating that older approach of just like, hey, we're not giving to you it to you as it comes out. We're gonna you know box it and. I mean, they're not. They're not releasing it on DVD, but uh, to my knowledge. But like, we're gonna package it in a way that's that's you know put together. And and mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. I think they do their dubbing after the entire season has aired. That's something yeah. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. But uh, have we talked about simul dubs? No, I don't think so. Let me just go on a quick little tirade. Simul dubs suck. Uh, if you work at Funimation or Crunchyroll or any place that dubs content in English simultaneously as the Japanese is being developed, stop doing that. Um, basically, yeah, what you a hear that dub bang is, zoom. Yeah, bang, bang zoom. zoom. Actually, bang, bang zoom, zoom is, still around. <laughs> uh, I, I think <laughs> they 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 just uh, do like movies now. But, okay. Um, <laughs> Basically, what they'll do is they'll they'll pick up a show like uh, this happened with My Hero Academia. Um, it happens with a lot of shows. They'll pick up a show, and it makes sense, you know, with a long running show like My Hero Academia, you don't know when it's going to be over, uh, but you do know how long a season's going to be, and you do know that like, hey, we could put this, put this out in a year or something if we wanted to wait for for all of this to be out. Uh, so what they end up doing is they they give the script that, uh, of the anime that's written in Japanese to the uh, English company, and the uh, English localizing team will translate that and give that to the actors. So mm-hmm. at most, when they start recording episode one, uh, because of the nature of simul dubs, they they usually get things about two three weeks in advance, to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, they only have the scripts of three anime episodes to look at for the arc of their character, for where they're going to go, for what's going to happen in the series. And if they don't speak Japanese or have knowledge of the property, they can't Mm -hmm. investigate it further. You know, the, the, the benefit that the Japanese actors have is the content is already in their native language. So they can just like, Oh, all right. I've been cast as this character. I can kind of brush up on, you know, the, the manga or whatever. I can brush up on, what people like about the character, and I don't know if they do that, but they are those resources are available to them. Those resources are not available to someone who exclusively speaks English. So you have a situation where the actor is trying to accurately, emotionally, emphatically emote their lines, but they don't know where their character is going to be in three episodes. <laughs> right, of course. And that leads to situations like, uh, I don't know if it was a mistranslation issue or not, but like in the first episode of My Hero Academia, Bakugo, the, the, one of the like rival characters, tells the main character to kill himself. Okay. It's kind of an unredeemable character moment. Like People still yeah. bring this up as like, yeah... Bakugo's getting better, but don't forget, he still told this guy to kill himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's kind of a, a, a like a, 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 a remnant of, well, you just wrote the line because that's what it was like a direct translation of, and you didn't really see where it was going. So right, now yeah. you're just stuck with this bad product that is the English version because... You, you didn't know what you were doing when you were dubbing it. I don't know. I, right. I, I understand voice acting is hard. I'm not a voice actor, and I'm sure the people who do it do a really good job. But the concept of simul dubbing is so not a good idea to me. It's it's, <laughs> it's so weird that they do it at all because I always felt like getting a dub seemed like a a big release special feature thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Like a premium. I feel like. 
the vast majority of people who watch anime on simul simulcasts probably watch the subtitled versions, I, I have to assume. But maybe yeah, I, there's I data to suggest that it's it's worth doing. It came from a desire, I think, to close the gap between... God, I'm, my voice is cracking because I'm burping. Um, I think it came out of a desire to close the gap between the Japanese and American... Or Japanese and English language releases. Um, hmm. Because... In the West, at least in the U.S., people were all very comfortable with consuming things week to week in English on TV. But as soon as the Internet came out and people could access the Japanese content, there became this kind of split of the culture of people who would just watch the subs versus people who would wait for the dub to come out. And so I think what they were trying to do is, hey, we're going to try to close that gap so people who only watch dubs won't be hindered they won't get anything spoiled for them they can we can have these conversations at the same time um yeah and i guess that it probably is a play to um promote a service that has like a feature beyond what piracy offers because i have to assume they they probably guess that there's a not insignificant amount of people who just like torrent the the weekly anime pack yeah. you know of everything that comes out every week and that's just the, the way that they consume it versus like how do we get people to pay for that same experience? Well, let's offer additional features to get people who might not be in that crowd who would maybe want to just put this on in the background or whatever. Yeah, I, guess I that's think probably... uh, he, my, my thought on, and I, I want to delineate here, the difference between simuldubbing and dubbing. I think dubbing is a great idea. Like, I definitely have seen and heard artists say that like, hey, I, I have to look while I'm working. I have to use my eyes. I can't read the screen. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So a dub is nice. Um, and, and, and I think dub actors do try to capture the energy of the original Japanese performances. But mm. uh, I think what it comes down to to me, while you were just talking there, it really just occurred to me because I was going to try to respond. And then it really dawned on me that I think no matter what the reason is uh, for why you're doing a simul dub, uh, I, I'm willing to stake a claim that your reason is... F it's it's a uh, uh, business motivated. It's not product motivated. Like mm -hmm. I, I think no matter what you're gonna tell me, it's gonna have something to do with like we want to get this to people faster. We want to you know close that gap. We want to take it. We want to uh, take advantage of a of a of an opportunity here that's not being taken advantage of. And while I understand those as compelling arguments. I am someone who's a believer in the product outlasting the business. Like mm -hmm. 20 years down the road, no one's going to care that it was a simul dub. They're just going to care that it's English or not. And it sucks right. if your simul dub sucks because it was done on a rush job. Sure. Um, yeah. And I, unfortunately, uh, because of the nature of, of, I know how kind of fast and loose Funimation is with their dubbing. Uh, and, and Crunchyroll is with their licensing to, to them of, of, of said dubs. I got a couple dubs uh, that are for series that, although I'll admit are trashy, uh, I've got a, a series here called A Sister's All You Need. Look it up. Nice. Uh, it's uh, It got a dub, shockingly, and it's terrible. Like, it's not a great <laughs> dub uh, because it was a simul dub, honestly. Like, mm. uh, I, 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 I don't understand why they did it that way um and and it, like the i don't mean to say the actors are bad i don't mean to say like anyone's doing a bad job i'm just saying in my mind it would have been better if you had known where you were going in episode one than in episode nine you know it's a 12 episode right. show but yeah. uh i don't know that's that's just my my rant on on simul dubs well it was it was a good rant I'll give it a a high score. You know, I think we we've had, this is a show where we are performing rants for people. You know, that's yeah. one of our our main our that's main. That's one of our main points. attractions. Uh huh. That's what people come here for is the uh, the, the uh, rants, incensed the anger. anger. Yeah. Um, but speaking of anime, I actually have some to bring to the table today. Tell me. Uh, Yakumi and I. So so in Canada on Netflix. Uh, because licensing and whatever, you know, we get different things. And pretty much all Ghibli movies are now on Netflix in Canada. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been nice. Uh, we actually already own 
a lot of them on Blu-ray, the ones that we like the most, but it's been nice to kind of like fill in the back catalog of the stuff that like we hadn't seen in a while or maybe even never seen or some of the stuff that's like not Miyazaki movies but are still Ghibli. So we've seen a couple that uh, I think are, are worth talking about because uh, they range in quality quite a lot and uh, it's it's been very interesting. Um, I got to yeah. say, first off, we one of the big ones we saw that uh, neither of us had seen in a long time was Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. And uh, that movie's not very good. It's not a very good movie. <laughs> that movie to me is all aesthetic. That movie to yeah. me is like the plot is kind of nonsense, but like I like the aesthetics of this like pseudo Europe where they're like walking across, you know, the, the scene where they, they, they traipse across the... The, the dancing mm-hmm. people that they like dance over the the the, the clotheslines or whatever. It's it's I, a little I, I disappointing, though, because I feel like that movie has probably the best animation and art direction of any Ghibli mo- film. Like it it really is mm-hmm. so pristine and how detailed everything is. But I mean, there's just nothing to follow. There's not like I we were watching it just like scratching our heads the whole time of like wh- what is the point here? Like there's no cohesion to what's happening and and i like yeah, it's, i don't it's weird have so many questions <laughs> to to take a stab at it it's like okay we have sophie our protagonist and then she gets you know through the threshold to 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 uh howl's world right and she's literally whisked to this magical world and then Howl kind of becomes the protagonist because he needs something to fight. And it's not going to be a Beauty and the Beast situation where their their relationship is the focus of the story. She's more of just going to be like a mother to him. <laughs> and then yeah. it moves on and, to and like, it just kind of moves on. Like, it's, it's really it, weird. <laughs> and then there's like the witch, but then she's just kind of dealt with. And then, and she, then but she's, she's in... still a little, she's still a little greedy. <laughs> she, yeah, comes, she comes back and nips him. Nothing, nothing yeah. wicked, just a little greedy, you know? But I, I will say that there's a lot of uh, intentional design in terms of how, like, one thing I appreciate about it is that there's a, a deliberate choice to have things be inconsistent design-wise throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Like, Sophie's age fluctuates basically in every shot she's in. Yeah. And then, like, the witch is the same way where she just kind of morphs and changes, and I, I kind of appreciate that about it where everything is very fluid yeah but that kind of like translates to the narrative like the plot is also very fluid and very and, soupy yeah and i just by the end of it i'm and then like the, there's a prince that just shows up at the last two minutes and i mean it's, and then that oh the, 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 the uh, story turnip head, dude turnip head, yeah uh, turnip head turns out to be the prince they needed all along that they didn't know they needed <laughs> yeah <laughs> like so that movie has some issues, but I gotta say, almost <coughs> nothing it, uh, I've ever English seen. English or Japanese? I have to ask. In Japanese, we've only been watching in Japanese. Okay, so you did but, not um, hear Christian Bale as Hal. Well, I have seen it in English, um, uh-huh. but Akumi refuses to watch. Billy these Crystal in, in, in as Calcifer. <laughs> I, I forgot it was. I'm Billy a Crystal. fire demon. <laughs> Rah! <laughs> Um, that must have been a weird recording booth vibe. <laughs> what, was this there. some kind of cartoon? Yeah, yeah, I can do a cartoon voice. It's just oh, my voice because I'm Billy Crystal. And wasn't the witch like a really famous actress too? I don't. She I don't was. Remember. She was. She was. I think the woman from Sunset Boulevard. Okay. Like she was a really famous actress. I just remember my dad recognized her like immediately. It was like, yeah. oh, it's that person. What is she doing here? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, as as messy as that movie is, it's at least beautiful and, and there's a lot of like really great ideas. But mm-hmm. you want to know what like is maybe one of the most miserable two hours uh, I've ever experienced was oh, Tales of Earthsea. Oh, my God. Why did you watch that again? I've Don't never seen like... it. Neither of us had ever. I, I think oh Akumi saw it when she was a kid. And I was like, I have to know. Everyone talks about this movie being really bad. And I yeah. need to know why it's so bad. So we sat through the whole thing. And like that is miserable. What happened? It, there's not. There's nothing happens. They just wander around and then things a- appear. It's okay. Like... Okay, so Travis, I have to tell you a story about Tales of Earth. <laughs> okay, please. Uh, the first time I went to Japan, the first time I went to the J- Japan with, with with our high school, I went twice. Uh, we I yeah. went I went once by myself, and then the next year I took all my Both buddies us... with me. 
Both of us went twice, yeah. yeah. We did the same Oh, yeah, that's right, right. That's right. That's right. I went, went in middle before, school. You went before yeah. I did, even. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, on the trip that I went on my own, in the tour bus, they put on Tales of Earthsea to kind of, like, entertain us as we were traveling. Like, because, you know, we traveled by bus. It was a big tour yeah. group. Mm-hmm. And so the, the tour guide put it on, and the Studio Ghibli logo shows up, and everyone's like, Oh, Totoro! Yay! Like, we love Totoro! And she goes, uh, it's not Totoro, sorry! Uh, oops. <laughs> uh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> we watched Tales of Mercy, which it was the I loved watching it with this group because it was a bunch of like high school, like you know, juniors and seniors who had no right. affection for it and Absolutely. were not Japanese students. They were just like mad and not enjoying it. And I think we watched it in English. But I just have this core memory of being stuck in traffic in the rain in Japan, <laughs> and we're watching. And it's like hot rain, you know. It's like humid because yeah. it's the springtime. And this was like before smartphones, so no one had anything no one to has entertain themselves with. No one has any way to take their mind off of this. If they do, it's like an iPod. It's like an iPhone Gen One, right? Like it's yeah. nothing really. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just people yelling at Tales of Earthsea because it was so bad. <laughs> Isn't the girl a dragon at the end? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> she turns into a dragon at the end uh, for some reason, even though, like, we established that she has parents, I, I guess. And, yeah. But it's also she's like the key to immortality or something. And and there's like a black shadow that chases the prince, I remember. Yeah, but they never explain what his deal is. He's just kind of like a... He actually comes at the at the end and sort of, like, saves everybody, even though we don't know why. And, uh-huh. Um, they, uh, there's no motive... Like, the characters just wander around for 30 minutes. Like, they, they just... They don't have a motivation to do anything. They just kind of like, well, we're just going to go to this town now. And, oh, you got kidnapped? Well, then I, I went to rescue you, and now we're back to where we started, and then we're going to go to the farm and hang out over there and... Oh, I guess I guess they're coming after us now. So I guess now we have a, a something to worry about. But you and know, the I, shocking thing is, it's based on a book. It like, is. It, uh, it, you I, wouldn't I've, expect it to be that that incoherent, but it is. The thing is, though, I I I have read the book uh, when I was in middle school. Um, we had like a reading assignment over the summer, and we had to like pick a book from a list to read. And for mm-hmm. some reason, I picked that. Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember anything about it. I didn't finish it. It, it was really boring, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't like it. So it might be the source material is not good either. I don't, again, I don't remember anything about it. As I, other than uh, that, what there I've was dragon. heard from people who have read the source material, I have not read it either. I read one of the books in the series, but I didn't recognize any of the characters except for the old wizard dude. What's his name? Uh, Sparrowhawk. Sparrowhawk. I recognized Sparrowhawk as a character. But yeah. uh, I think he's in multiple books, maybe. Um, anyway, uh, uh, from what I've heard from people who have read the books, uh, apparently it does not resemble the source material very much at all. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was uh, going to guess. But there were just so many crazy decisions that I'm just like, why? Like, they go to the big city, and for some reason the big city is, like, in ruins. Yeah. Like, it's it looks like it had been abandoned for a thousand years, but people Weird. were living there. Um, like there was like, like buildings were crumbling and moss growing out of everything, but there were still like tons of people around. Yeah. Um, they, uh, I'm trying to think like, it's now, you know, you a... know, Tales of Earthsea is not Hayao Miyazaki. No, it's, no, no. It, it's, it's, it's his, it's, it's, this is the the thing that makes it so sad is that it's right. his like miserable son who can never live up to his dad Goro. making this movie and getting access to the, to the, to the studio resources and then like this is what comes out of it. And that's just, I, I can't imagine what that, uh, that family dynamic is. After I think, that situation. I think if I remember right, Hayao Miyazaki actually like issued an apology, like of just like, Hey, sorry about tales of mercy. Like, like he apologized for his son's work in like that very Japanese way, you know? Uh Oh, did I lose you? Yeah, sorry, I think we're back now, but I had a... We're back now. We're having some cuts. We got some cuts. Um, Yeah, and then there was a... Yeah, there was a... And then there was an interview, I think, with Goro about, like, well, what is Miyazaki like as a dad? And he said something like, well, he's a very good director. (laughs) End of of sentence. 
the shade. <laughs> so I just that whole thing makes me very uh, sad. And, and it's so funny wonder. because the, the movie looks like it came out in like 1980, but yeah. it was made in, I think, 2006. Oh, God, is it really that late? Yeah, I it think really so. I think that's, it looks a lot like... I think that's like what uh, it said on Netflix. It might I, That might be incorrect, but it that looks, might be I was, think it said... when it was localized or something. Yeah. Um, it looks old, like, though. It looks like uh, yeah. Castle in the Sky a little bit. It does, yeah. Uh, man, we were... I remember the credits rolled, and I just, like, took my glasses off, and I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a that was a miserable time. Uh, we also watched uh, Porco Rosso, which oh, I, I actually think one. might be top three. That that's a really good ass movie. Yeah, that um, that might but, be my favorite one. If it's not, which I've it's never, my I had never favorite. seen before. Oh, I've never it's seen so it. good! It's so fun. That movie is great because you can tell that it was like such a passion project for Miyazaki. Yeah. Like he loved he his whole thing is airplanes. Like that's Ghibli is the name of like an airplane engine that they even like reference in in Porco Rosso but like mm-hmm. you can just tell that he wanted to make this movie forever and it was so like his world you know yeah. and uh I just love that everything's kind of there's there's so much levity to it too you know everyone's kind of buddies even though they're fighting against each other and yeah. like the, at the beginning of the movie like the pirates kidnap all these kids and they're just kind of excited about it and it like it kind of has like a like a like an Indiana Jones kind of feel to it like it's very sure, yeah. like like uh pop like fun like i don't know what the Mm. word i'm looking for is but uh i don't know it gives me a very similar vibe to redline you know that that same kind of arc of just like we're just kind of having fun here and then we're gonna build up to like the big finale of fun but it still also makes room for those really beautiful miyazaki visuals too oh sure which is really i think a a masterful balance like it's a fun movie Mm. it feels like i don't know why but like Popeye comes to mind of like it's just kind of fun and yeah the pirates are, are kind of like they're cheering at the end like it's it's yeah. it's not when they lose it's not like oh I'll kill you it's like er we'll get you next time like it's it's mm-hmm. no hard feelings kind of and I also yeah. love the mystery around uh Porco's face I love the at the end <laughs> that uh that little like oh you look different mm-hmm. he doesn't. and then they also kind of hint at in the middle too I mean it's just yeah, yeah. Um, and then Fio is a great character. It just ah, everything about it is really good. So I, oh, yeah. that, that was a, a nice surprise. I don't um, know if the line is in the Japanese because you watch it in Japanese. But there's a, a scene that I love. I think it's when he goes to Germany. I think that's where he goes. Um, but he's in a movie theater where he meets up with one of his friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, that's still in Italy because I think uh, okay, that guy was Italy. the Italian Air Force lieutenant. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, but he he meets up with the guy in the in the movie theater in Italy, and uh, uh, I forget what he says like oh don't you know the the fascists are looking for you and he says like ah it's better to be a pig than a fascist <laughs> like it's that was subtitled so it was such there. a good line um, yeah I didn't know if that line. was an English localization or not but um, no, I think good. it was but they probably included that in the in the subtitles uh, yeah. originally so yeah that that's a it's just yeah good movie weird that it kind of like also follows history kind of mm-hmm. closely like you actually get hints of like this is like an alternate world war 1 post all of that like yeah. they kind of reference world war 1 happening and the 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 kind of the timeline still sort of matches up where this is when like fascist Italy takes over. And like, I forget it, a long time ago, somebody told me, uh, but like, there's a moment very quickly when like, it, I think it's some, some people in Italy throw like a firebomb or something and you can see like yeah. their shadows kind of whisking away. And it, I think those people are supposed to be Jewish. Like it's, it's supposed to be like a resistance kind of thing, but mm. I don't, I don't remember why they told me that. I'd have to look closer at that. Yeah, I would um, too. Yeah, but it's it's cool. I like that movie a lot. Um, other good ones. Um, uh, Princess Kaguya is really good. Oh, I um, haven't seen that one. That was the last movie made by the the director. I think uh, it's the Isao last movie. Ta- uh, uh, Takahata, I think. Yeah, and that's a really really fascinating movie because it apparently follows the source material of the legend of of of. Kaguya Hime, like pretty much to a T. This is what Kumi told me at least. I haven't I haven't read it, but um mm-hmm. very, very sad. Uh <laughs> really like tragic story, uh, and is just interesting because I think it like captures something about 
kind of like the Japanese attitude towards um, like spirituality that mm -hmm. I think I, I, I enjoy it when that kind of thing gets explored really like in depth. And uh, yeah, that's a really good movie. Beautifully animated. Uh, probably one of the prettiest uh, Ghibli films ever um, just because it's all like pencil tests, basically like it's still all colored pencils and, and yeah, that's really cool. Still very fluid. Uh, really, uh, really beautiful. Gives it a very uh, distinct watched, look. We watched a movie that I had actually seen, but this was the first time. I think it only got released in the U.S. recently, but it's called Only Yesterday. Yes, it, it um, was only released yesterday. It was it was released when, uh, very when, recently, but when I G remember, Kids got the rights to to Ghibli, I think it was twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen or so. Yeah, because I guess Disney thought it wasn't marketable. Which, to be fair, it's like it, that one is is very much like a foreign art film. Uh, yeah, that, that's the kind of thing that, uh, or that's the kind of movie that I would almost expect to come out of like like french new wave sort it, of it's thing. another one of those movies that uh, every now and then there's a, a a ghibli movie that makes me kind of think like why was this animated like what, what yeah that's what the, did... that's <laughs> animation doesn't really bring anything to the story it's yeah. beautiful they do such a good job with the backgrounds and the i mean everything is so natural in that film but i i i wonder if that really was worth the effort to do that <laughs> i i can understand why disney thought it was unmarketable because certainly if you're looking at the lens of like this has to be marketed to kids there's nothing for kids to grab grab onto no. in that movie but Definitely uh not. I don't know. I, it, it's a shame that it was was kind of locked up for so long because I think a lot of people didn't, myself included, did not know about it, and I was kind of stunned mm -hmm. to hear like, "Wait, when was this movie made? Like eighty? Was it eighty two? Yeah, something like that. It yeah. was very early. Yeah, and uh, I like that movie a lot. Um, I actually had seen that when I did my homestay in high school in Japan. My my host family like rented it and we're like, "Oh, we're just gonna watch this movie because I saw that it had English subtitles." And so. Uh -huh. Uh, I, I saw it a long time ago, but uh, I think that movie is really, uh, really charming. And nineteen ninety one, so yeah. not as old as I thought, but still mm -hmm. very charming, very good. Uh, yeah, so that's that's I think all that we saw besides like the main ones. I mean, I I don't know yeah, if I have any, good, any more to say a, about a good selection line, of movies. Yeah, we've just kind of been making time for it, and uh, it's mm -hmm. been really fun. I, I really appreciate that they put those all on there because it's just been easy to, to just sort of flip through them one by one. Um, but I'm going to buy Porco Rosso because that's definitely now one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a, a standout movie. That's a great movie. And it's so funny because I feel like that's one that gets ignored a lot when people talk about like the big Ghibli movies. It's always like Spirited Away and Totoro and... Yeah, Spirited House Away makes sense to me, and Totoro makes sense to me, because those are kids' movies. And then there's yeah. the handful of people who say Princess Mononoke, who I will invite oh. to watch Princess Mononoke again, because... I love uh, that movie. I don't know. It's a, it's a fine movie, but I don't think it's on the same level as, as Prokuroso, in my mind. Interesting. Because um, I think that's probably still my number one. Um, and we did watch it recently. Uh, I actually have the collector's edition of it. It's a big, like vinyl sized box thing that is really nice but that's um, cool yeah i i uh, watched yeah. uh i watched princess mononoke maybe gosh uh three four months ago no it, longer than that now maybe eight months ago now uh and and it, i was struck by uh as the movie was starting i kind of was like man i don't remember how this movie ends like i just don't remember how this movie resolves and mm -hmm. then uh as we got to the ending i realized yes i did it just doesn't resolve very, <laughs> like, very, in a way that's very memorable to me. Um, I guess in that movie, though, I think that part of the point is, like, things that are that are intrinsically human, um, like, aren't always satisfying, I guess, is kind of part of the, the, hmm. the point. And I think that, like, it tries to explore sort of um, crossing into, like, another like a, a, an older sort of connection to nature that doesn't have the same like satisfying points that maybe like a very human centric story would have. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of part of the, the, the texture to that. And again, I think that that's kind of like it, it, to me, it, it, it resonates in princess Mononoke. Whereas like in house moving castle, they try to do the same trick and it doesn't work because there's nothing to replace it with really. Yeah. Um, there's not really a, a reason for that to be the case in that world. Like it's still a, like print, like how's moving castle takes place in a very Western 
you know, inspired world. And they kind of like try to tell this very, I would argue, not a very Western story in, yeah. in that. And it kind of doesn't connect. Like it, the points don't, don't, don't match almost. Uh, whereas in Princess Mononoke, I feel like you kind of fall into this, um, at least if it works for you, it, you fall into this, um, this kind of irregular pattern with it where it sort of tries to um, connect you with, again, like a spiritual um, plane of existence that I, I guess is like, it, it might not make the same logical sense in like a three act structure that uh, you would expect from a film, but I think it, it works. But again, that's just, that's subjective. Yeah, so I, I, I uh, can, I can, I'll, I'll accept. I think there's definitely an argument there of, of, uh, subverting expectation, and I did not think about it that way. Of like, yeah, it might maybe it's intentional. Like that's part of the design that it's. Be, I, I really like what you said there of of that in maybe things that are 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 kind of touched by human hands by their very nature are are not satisfying is maybe the message of the movie. Um, I don't know if that's if I agree with that because the movie does end with uh, Princess Mononoke rejoining like the humans, like she she goes mm-hmm. back to live with them. So mm-hmm. I don't know if thematically that lines up, but I do like that as a as a as a analysis. Hmm. But you know, movies are subjective, like you said. I mean, I, I think I, I think it's a combination of just like I didn't see it at the right time, and also I have a little bit of baggage with it. Hmm. Interesting. Um. And then obviously uh, Kiki's Delivery Service is the one that we didn't mention, but that's mm-hmm. another favorite. Um, I think that of all Ghibli movies, that's got the best uh, just character exploration of, of almost anything. I, I think that her performance is so real and and uh, really uh, resonates on like a really strong level. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I didn't really realize it at first. Uh when I was growing up, I kind of said like Kiki's Delivery Service is another one of those movies where nothing happens. Um, hmm. And and I, now I, as I got older, I kind of started to say like, oh, I guess it's kind of a metaphor for like womanhood or whatever. Um, well, what, but I what, think... what Hayao Miyazaki said in an interview that I thought was really interesting is that yeah. the movie is about what he saw was a lot of young women moving to Tokyo to become entertainers and it not working out. That's mm-hmm. basically like what it's a metaphor for um, and how like hard it is to take something you love and try to like turn it into a job yeah. and how that is soul crushing and like help, like can help ruin it for you and, and turns it into this thing that like you struggle against. And uh, I think the movie kind of explores that with sort of these different characters like she meets the the woman in the woods who sort of like just sort of gives into whatever like her passion is and doesn't worry about all that and she learns to kind of re rediscover what she loves about witchcraft through that i i, I think that that really um yeah is very thoughtful uh, that's really good i i was gonna say i thought more recently it was kind of a meditation on depression like that that she kind of just falls out of love with the world but no i think you're right uh and that's something that i'm kind of been thinking about lately is well depression is definitely a real thing and and well it's mm-hmm. it's definitely like maybe a component uh a lot of the time depression has a cause <laughs> or, or right, a, yeah. you know sometimes it's it's a, a, a reaction a strong emotional reaction but it it is a reaction to something so that mm-hmm. that's really interesting yeah so I, I would recommend looking at it through that lens because yeah. um for me that really hit hard because sometimes like working in the field i do it can be shitty and yeah that uh that that feeling um hits uh i think for a lot of artists specifically i think that movie resonates on that level uh just because a lot of us have to you know <laughs> kind of sell our soul to to working and uh it can make it feel like it's impossible sometimes so that that movie really connects and i i and akumi loves that movie too just because i think personally um the character has a hits a lot of the same kind of emotional um uh, strengths and weaknesses that she has, and so mm. she really like feels a very personal connection to that character. And yeah. uh, knowing her, I, I also see that a lot in that film as well. So personally, Aww. that's probably the most uh, the most impactful. But I also that's think really that nice. it's kind of it's also kind of like a smaller scale movie. And yeah, uh, uh, I think that for some people who like their image of a Ghibli film is like we're going on a big adventure. That movie is not about an adventure, really. No, uh, it, it kind it, of is. Like she moves and she goes to a new city, and that's an adventure in itself. And, and but... something, and, and there is a big thing that happens. Like there is a climax, but mm-hmm. uh, it's not really 
it's not like Castle in the Sky. We're not. It's not a journey. But again, I think that what they did with character is so interesting. Because if you watch Castle in the Sky, that movie is the characters in that movie are very flat. Yeah, um, they they kind of are just archetypes, and they go through like a Final Fantasy adventure, and then the movie ends, and the, the hero wins. But you you see how that changes so radically to Kiki, where she is such a realized person who has these really elaborate flaws, and really like whoever. I mean, I think I think it was. I think the writer, it wasn't Hayao Miyazaki, but somebody was heavily referencing their own daughter writing mm. it. And um, uh, I really think that that comes through because she kind of makes choices and does things that don't really make sense. But mm-hmm. I think people do, you know, like she gets really upset for no reason. And she she kind of like gets, um, she gets in her own way in ways that I think like if you were writing a script about somebody you didn't know, you might not assume they would do that. But if you mm-hmm. know people like actually know people you know that like people are capable of that kind of behavior and uh, yeah it feels very natural so i i yeah i definitely really love that movie but what are, what are your i mean i've i've talked about my own opinions on ghibli but where where do you stand on a lot of a lot of ghibli uh, productions i i love ghibli i think they're a treasure uh i i'm a proud owner of that big old when when miyazaki last announced he was retiring that disney put out a a big O collection of Blu-rays. Oh, that's nice. That was the the complete works of Hayao Miyazaki, uh, nice. and I love that because Hayao Miyazaki came out of retirement and he is soon to be releasing his next project. So can't wait for my my DVD and or my Blu-ray in the mail to update my complete works because <laughs> I mean it was advertised as complete and it's now yeah. long now no longer the case. And the funny um, thing is, it's not going to come from Disney anymore, so it's going to feel very like... It's like the complete works of Disney's uh, stewardship of the English releases, yeah. at least, so... Yeah. Um, um, but no, it's a it's a, a great collection. I think um, we, we've talked about my favorite Miyazaki movies today already. I, I think if you were to ask me before our conversation, I probably would have said, Howl's Moving Castle is one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, I, I love Porco Rosso. And, you know, I'm kind of hot and cold on it. We didn't talk about it, but uh, The Wind Rises is one that I kind of have feelings about. Um, I've never because, seen it. That's like the one I haven't seen. So Yeah, it's a really interesting movie because on the one hand, I very much recognize like the artist's perspective. And that's what Miyazaki is very much trying to expo- uh, explore uh, in that it's about, you know, the guy who designs the the planes that eventually are used as kamikaze planes uh, in right. World War II. Yeah. The Zero. And, um, the Zero, that's it. And uh, uh, it's really interesting because it explores, you know, his, the humanity and the passion and that look at how much energy and love it goes into the design of this plane and how much it took just to get every little efficiency out of it. Uh but the movie never acknowledges, and I guess it's kind of on purpose, because uh, like th- there is uh, uh, a lot of imagery to kind of recognize the 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 sadness, or I guess the music kind of recognizes the sadness of the situation. But the the story, the the movie never really addresses that the planes are used in that way, um, which is which is it, interesting because Ghibli or, or Miyazaki is such like a a very obvious like anti-war person Mm -hmm. like that comes through in a lot of his movies of just how much he detests it so it's interesting for him to kind of like not be blatant about that in that movie um yeah and so it it makes a an interesting perspective because uh i i I definitely view it through the perspective of this is kind of tragic you know this guy's life work kind of amounts to the vehicle for you know nationalist suicide basically um But uh, uh, he doesn't know that, and he doesn't mean for that to be the case, and that's never really addressed. Like he, he, it's very much kind of like a following the footsteps of those who came before you, honing your craft and trying to to really perfect your art is really what the the story's about. And um, I have mixed feelings about stories like that because uh, I I have met people who watch these movies, and I'm. I'm trying to figure out how to talk about this in in an upcoming project, but I've met people who have watched this media and were not aware of the obvious cultural 
knowledge that comes next. Uh, right. We, we, yeah. You know, I, I, I forgot that was called the zero, but like this person just did not know or, or, mm-hmm. or maybe did not recognize that, that the planes then are, are go on to be used as kamikaze devices. Right. Um, and, so their take on the story was like, oh, so artistic and so beautiful. And man, that's why I love Japan. And like, it kind of became like a nationalistic thing with them. Like, it was really mm. weird. Um, Which and so I'm, I'm sure worried. was not the intention of the film. So I, I'm sure yeah. was not. But I just get worried when, 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 and don't get me wrong, this is part of what I love about Japanese media is the ambiguity and the, and the, and mm. the, meat that you have to kind of chew on and think about and the story is not for you you are here to watch the story um but i worry that that some audiences particularly western audiences because that i'm a western audience and that's the audience i can criticize the most um i i worry that they don't come to the table with all the necessary information and they don't come sure. knowing that they don't have the necessary information and so they take away the wrong thing you know oh absolutely like i mean and so like and it's it's important i think because when you describe this movie to like our parents for example i don't know if you've described the wind rises to to someone in your parents generation but both times i've talked to my parents about it they were kind of like oh the zero like whoa like that's the world war ii plane like big negative connotation um Mm -hmm. And and I was kind of just surprised that it was absent and that somebody could overlook it. Yeah, I mean, I anyway. guess that movie was never heavily marketed in the U.S. I don't think Disney it was not put it out. Um, and I think that, that they brought it been... over because um, because I saw it. Uh, I know this because I was in uh, college at the time, I think. OK, that or I was living in L.A., but I saw it at the the what's the the Disney theater in L.A. There's like a theater oh, that Disney the, the... actually owns. It's not the Brahmin's Chinese theater, is it? That's no, it's not the that. Chinese theater. It's near there, though. Okay, I don't know. It I've has never... some weird. I can't. It's like the Buena Vista theater or some shit. Okay, but like, okay. I see. Um, but they they like did like a, a big like hey for this weekend we are showing the wind rises and then we're gonna put it out in theaters around the country next week. Um, hmm. So I saw it there. Okay, I just think that yeah, that that movie was not presented in like a this is the big next Ghibli movie. It was kind of like this is a, an odd like kind of artsy thing that you have to have some literacy to appreciate. And I think uh, yeah, and I, that that's um that's a a very common international cinema thing. I mean, I, a lot of things are interpreted differently based on your cultural um your cultural context. Um, so I, I don't think that's unique to that film. It is too bad. I mean, you would hope that everybody would be able to, to sort of know that information, but I, I think that's kind of beyond anybody's control because I'm sure there are things that, that go the other way, you know, of, mm-hmm. of things that may be very meaningful to an American audience that don't connect to other people in the same way. And I'm so um, sure. So I, I think uh, I think that and and unfortunately that's why like a lot of American cinema now is kind of dumbed down because they try to make it acceptable to everybody and that kind of unfortunately means that you have to apply it to the lowest common denominator and sort of make it not very thoughtful or, or culturally relevant to anybody specifically and uh, I think that there's something really powerful about the fact that that movie does do that uh, again mm-hmm. I haven't seen it so. I don't really have any comment about it specifically, but uh, I want to see it. Uh, it's not on Netflix your... for some. It's not on Netflix. It I... was not included in that, so I don't know why oh, it's not. Bummer. But um, I hope it will eventually. Maybe Disney still has some like time well, of, I, of rights to it. I don't, I don't know, but I, I look forward to hearing your review of that eventually. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um... we have spent an hour talking about anime, so this is the anime yeah, episode. Yeah, time flies. Everybody. This is this is the yeah. anime episode. Of course, like a couple of uh, basic bitches, we spend half of that talking about Ghibli. I'm sorry, everybody. I know that you want us to sorry. like go beyond Dude, the box fu- and. Let me tell you about Crunchyroll. Uh, fucking, why don't I give it? Be bullied uh, for being a fake anime fan. Like, do you want to? You want to have someone f- fucking constantly every day? Hey, good morning, and then they look at you and they say, "Hey, you're not a real anime fan, and you shouldn't be here." Uh, hey everybody uh just to take a moment we're going to talk about our sponsorship this week uh we're sponsoring crunchyroll uh they have reached out to us i've been (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> well, good. <laughs> that's uh, that's gonna do it, everybody. I think. Uh, I think We're it's time trauma to, here. to melt away into confronting nothing. our skeletons. And... I'm just gonna yell into the distance until Travis fades me out. Hime's name is Mikan, and if you say it, she will turn into a fox, and Victoria will be pissed at you. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Travis. I'm, I've had a whole bottle of La Fin du Monde. I'm a little out of it. But I'm gonna try to do our our ending anyway. Uh, special thanks go to Aesthetics Please. Aestheticsplease.bandcamp.com is where you're gonna find his uh, sweet tunes. Uh, not to mention uh, music.businesscasual.biz. Find some other other good business casual stuff there. Our music is uh, provided generously with his permission he's our favorite our favorite musician of all time better than the Beatles so uh, you should definitely check him out and yeah I hope uh, we, we don't have any um, any social media or uh, email address or anything so you, uh, you there's no way to contact us so uh, if you want to ask us a question uh, I'm sorry you, you just you just can't so that's uh, that's it. Hope to see you next week. Stay classy, fuckers. Goodbye.